In our first reading, taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the situation for the kingdom of Judah looks pretty hopeless. Enemy armies are assembled to the north, and they are poised to continue their onslaught and eventually take over the city of Jerusalem. But God tells the prophet Isaiah to deliver a message of hope to King Ahaz. And he sends him to say, Take care you remain tranquil and do not fear. Let not your courage fail. Yeah, things look bad now, King Ahaz, but the evil that you are dreading will not happen. This shall not stand. It shall not be, the Lord explicitly says through his prophet. And these bold and reassuring words are comforting, but then we remember our Bible trivia and realize, well, actually, Jerusalem did eventually get taken. Uh, Maybe not by this particular enemy, but it did fall. The Jews were sent into exile, their temple was destroyed, and their homes were lost. Families were ripped apart. And we might rightly ask, therefore, well, what exactly is God promising here? What's the good news here? In order to find that out, I think we, we should read on in the book of Isaiah. Because directly following the verses that we just heard in the prophet of Isaiah come some of the most famous and the most definitive words of prophecy that we have ever received as a human race and that form the foundation, really, of our faith. And that prophecy is this. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. That's God's definitive promise. Not that he'll preserve us from worldly enemies here and now. Not even from a worldly destruction of some sort. Not that he'll blandly brush away all of our anxieties and our frustrations, all the things that get in our way, the things that prevent our clarity. He's not promising us an easy go at it. No, the the Lord promises that he is absolutely with us in the midst of every uncertainty and trial that we face. Most profoundly, he's with us in the incarnation of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Born of a virgin called Emmanuel. But in order to receive this promise, we need the gift of a radical and expectant faith. A faith that that hopes against all hope. A faith that assumes that God will in fact be God. King Ahaz, in our first reading, kind of failed in that regard. When Isaiah told him, ask for a sign, ask for a sign of God's fidelity, his power, his mercy, his love for you, King Ahaz, and for all the people of Israel, the king only pretended to be humble. He said, I will not ask for a sign. I will not tempt the Lord. 
But what he was really saying was, I will not let God be God. And it's precisely that kind of kind of casual refusal, even blandly passive apathy, that got Jesus so worked up in our gospel tonight. He sounds angry, doesn't he? Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, Sodom and Gomorrah, these cities in the Old Testament that, that are kind of historically evil cities, he says they would have long ago had repented in sackcloth and ashes if, if the signs that you've seen were done for them. Chorazin and Bethsaida and these cities, they were given a sign of God's presence. God was literally there with them. Jesus, Emmanuel, the incarnate Lord, he had performed mighty deeds before their very eyes, and yet they remained unmoved and unchanged. They wouldn't allow God to be God. And they missed out. They missed out on the joy that his presence brings. The Lord's invitation to each one of us here is really simple. Have expectant faith. Expect your God, your loving God, to really be God. The saint we celebrate today certainly did that. She had an expectant faith. She believed that God would show up and be God in her life. St. Kateri Tekakwitha bravely defied her own Native American culture and tradition to trust the living God. Her decision to live a chaste and celibate life, an unmarried life, was unthinkable to her people. And yet she chose that because she knew that God was calling her to that. And she knew that God would be God. It made her an outcast in her own tribe. But she was willing to do that because she was on fire with the love of God. She was willing to let God be God. Like St. Kateri, we need to become more and more sincere with the Lord who loves us so well. We, we must ask him again and again for an increase in that kind of expectational faith. A faith that wants and desires and expects to see mighty works in our midst today. And ask him for the grace to respond with faith when we see those signs. As we heard at the end of that reading from Isaiah, unless your faith is firm, you shall not be firm. God desires to work mighty deeds in your life and in this world right now, today. And he already has. You're here today. You've been baptized. You've been given grace to believe in the Lord Jesus. And in just a few moments... You will see bread and wine become the body and blood of our Lord, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us. Let him be God.